0: Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son, discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now here are your hosts, Deb and Kev.
1: Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Over there, when she dies of sty related illness, we're going (laughs) to bury her in the backyard with a casket lined with all of our family's felonious secrets. It's my mom, Deb. I'm Deb. And I'm the guy trying to raise awareness for sty related deaths and how they (laughs) annually kill one out of every 8 billion people worldwide. I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast. Yes, we will have a Deb sty update. We will update you on Dad as well. We will give you a yoga update. This is just the update show. I can give you a girlfriend update. And then maybe finally, we've teased it 12 different times. We'll conclude the book report we did two months ago on the book from strength to strength, but we probably won't even get to that. Deb, you're alive.
0: I'm alive.
1: Your voice sucks. I know you keep telling me that. Because listen to it. Just talk.
0: <laughs> okay. Put, put so, that pack
1: of marbles down, put the lighter <laughs> down, and just start talking.
0: Okay, so sometimes... we
1: Here's what I need to be able to tell everybody. For the last 15 minutes, we have been sitting in front of these microphones.
0: The best podcast content has happened the last 15 minutes.
1: And before she sat down, I could just hear her out in the living room. (coughs) 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 And so we're trying to record early because it's cooler in the house. If we wait another four or five hours, it gets exceedingly warm back here. It's true. Deb has been on Zooms and phone calls all morning, which is usually a great, resource for her voice Mm -hmm. being good. But you can hear it. She was quiet for 30 (laughs) seconds. And when I made the introduction, it's my mom, Deb. And she goes, I'm Deb.
0: (laughs) That is not how it sounds.
1: And so we sat here for 15 minutes debating whether or not we were going to record this podcast, knowing that I was going to have to fill up an entire piece of paper worth of edits Or if we were going to sit and wait till four o'clock. To which she said, Well, what would you do? And I said, I would rip out your voice box and replace it with somebody else's.
0: Listen, we literally spoke for 15 minutes in the microphones to one another, five feet away. I was just waiting about whether or not we were gonna podcast and about like the condition of my voice.
1: I was just waiting for something to sound good. And it sounds horrible still you there's have a little rasp on it i know there's a little rasp yeah you can hear yeah. it. it's yeah. it, everything ends in g h h
0: that is so mean there's a little
1: rasp on it <laughs> that's how every and here but and now people are like kevin you're being so mean to thank your you, mom thank
0: you people and continue to say that because i'm i'm listen i'm spraying my voice with vocalese. with dollar store products I'm, that's not dollar store guaranteed product. it's a dollar store product and then i've got voice 37 that i think we're supposed to be taking in water yeah. so i'm convinced that this is esophageal cancer no later.
1: healthcare related product of its of its worth has cartoon characters on it besides I, flintstone vitamins and i
0: didn't take the cbd afterglow just
1: chug the cbd and get okay. weird see if that helps yeah okay I'll, We are now on the air and Deb is doing vocal treatments and we'll see whether or not they work. But the reason I tell you that I don't like your voice sounding bad is A, because it costs me a ton of time on the back end, but B, you need to be an authority figure and people like to hear the clear (laughs) cadence of your voice. And when you sound like you're an invalid on a ventilator, (laughs) it loses a little bit of something. So
0: is there like not a Barbara Walters thing going on here? Like no, where... Barbara
1: Walters was always clear and succinct, even though she had a weird accent. If Barbara Walters sounded like this, you'd be like, I don't need to listen to news from this yeah, lady. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well- I'm... I'm looking out for you. Okay, thank you. So what, what was our agreement when we started talking? We're doing this
1: podcast in 15-minute increments. And if, within those 15 minutes, if there's more than two or three Deb coughing, yeah. laughing, hysteric yeah. episodes- we suspend it and we wait till later.
0: So here's what we're going to do only this time, uh-huh. only this podcast. If we don't get through the whole thing. Yeah. Then you're
1: going to have a 15 minute totally unfinished podcast.
0: Every time we restart, we'll tell people how long it was since we, I mean, we just had a Six two days. hour break and we just had a whatever break. Right. The,
1: the problem is there is no remedy for, for what it is. Like she tries somebody to be like hot water and lemon. Tried it. Tried it. Hot water and honey. Tried it hot water, tried it. Chamomile tea, tried it. Like you can hear it right there. Cause I know you want to cough. I know you want to cough right now. (laughs) I can hear, I am so attuned to the gravel in your voice. I know when you need to express that phlegm.
0: So, you know, there are people out there Mm -hmm. possibly.
1: See here, there it is.
0: there There are people out there who would say, you know, Kevin, There's nothing that your sweet, loving mom can do about her voice right now. I (laughs) disagree. You are being so mean. You want to, what you actually said is, I want to rip your larynx out. It's true. No, I said that. looked across and said. I already
1: already said that.
0: You said voice box, but to me, you said larynx. And I'm sitting here, like, if I ever get a serious disease, I mean, I'm dead.
1: Thank God. (laughs) Because then I won't have to edit the podcast. You
0: are so merciless with just a voice.
1: Here's what here's what i, here's what I uh, it genuinely comes from a good place of selfishness, which is yeah,
0: a good place of selfishness
1: Deb gets to do all of that stuff and then just kind of tilt her hands up and be like, "But I can't do anything else, and that's true like we podcasts come out on Monday and Thursday. there is nothing you can do if your voice is shot, your voice is shot. I think the weirdest thing is there was a there was a span of like six months where both of our voices were terrible horrible Deb's voice has just Continued as such, meaning it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. I've had a lot of good days though, but it's hit or miss. You can string together like three good podcasts, and then I know for like four podcasts in a row, she's she's got her oxygen tank on. (laughs) I do not have an oxygen. It might be better if you had an oxygen tank on. At least we have an excuse. Yeah, yeah. But like, we are six and a half minutes into this episode. Yeah, and I can hear it. (laughs) I know it. You sound like a 1950s housewife who chain smokes Pall Malls. Pall Mall. See, listen. Yes.
0: <laughs> you listen.
1: Listen La- to it. It's just sitting there. Her best friend, Flemmy, is just wanting to come up. <laughs> I'm right here, Dad. Let me up. Stop. Let me come up. You can hear me in the back of your throat. Get down, Flemmy. I want to hang out with you and the listeners. Let oh me come God. up. Stay away, Fleming.
0: I just want to be a part of the podcast. Oh, you're killing me.
1: The best you're, part is you're
0: like an advertisement for mucinette. What's that, Flemmy? <laughs>
1: The best part is Deb goes before the podcast, she sits in her chair. She's like, so what if I sit up and then like, I'm going to, she gets all the way erect in her chair and then she's like, and I put my arms back in the most unnatural state ever. So like her chest is just pushed out the her, like her uh, shoulders are like pinched in the back and she's like, what if I just stand like this for an hour? And the best part is we've been in this, we've been in this episode for seven minutes. She's already fully slumped in her chair.
0: (laughs) Well, Kevin always says, okay, hold on, hold on.
1: She's now 10 feet away from the <laughs> microphone. There Excuse it is. We just say goodbye to Flammy for about five minutes.
0: <laughs> Kevin always says to me, your posture, your posture, don't relax. Yeah. So here I am. Sitting Here's what
1: nobody sees on a lot of those clean. Thursday podcasts. Deb can go full recline and she doesn't even know it. Over the course oh. of the entire podcast, Deb just slowly slips further <laughs> and further down to the podcast.
0: Oh, you know what? You have your arm. Maybe I should... Maybe I should this, put the arms down on my chair. Maybe that'll help.
1: <laughs> I love that you're just trying to think that the yeah. arm Oh, I arm think this placement. is better.
0: Yeah, arm placement. <laughs> yeah. That kind of holds Flemmy up a little bit, you know?
1: There it is. Just re- Stop. remember the because one. Because
0: now Flemmy has a face yeah. in my mind. It's the
1: Mucinex guy from the commercials. It's the Mucinex except, guy. Except our guy has one of those um, caps with the, the spinning top on it. Oh, the yeah. the little yeah, thing. Yeah. Flemmy needs a child.
0: Yeah, Fleming is just kind of silly and fun. Yeah. But now look, my voice is good right now. No, it's not. Uh, right now, it's good. It's good. Is it good right now? I, well, the, I just did that for effect. It's good. In an ideal situation, honestly, that,
1: so I wanted to be in radio. And radio, they have cough buttons, which, which it, if you press it, it kills the microphone and lets everything else play. So if you're in a room with other people... Mm-hmm. You press the cough button, you can clear your throat, and everybody else can continue the conversation. The bad part about our podcast setup is because we're in the same space with no yeah. divider. If you want to push your, I could push your cough button for you. And I you have could a cough. cough button. Yeah, like I could just cut your microphone. Oh, okay. But you would be able to hear it on my uh, microphone. Right, right. So a lot of the times, I'm, I'm just. Spinning gold over here. I'm making laughs. It's hysterical. The way you talk
0: about yourself and the
1: way you talk about me. I'm fully focused on my uh, award winning comedic abilities. And Deb's laughing so hard that she goes into a coughing fit. So then I have to stop this Emmy award winning podcast content yeah, yeah, to let Deb yeah, have a cough. Express Flemmy and all of his friends all over the ground. Listen, and then we have to wait.
0: One time, I'm going to say. This was at FX McGrory's in Seattle, a restaurant bar down by the Seahawks Is that a stadium. steakhouse? Yeah, it's a steakhouse. Yeah. Like one time in my life, I took like two or three puffs off of a pink and gold cigarette. Jazz cigarette? Is that called a jazz cigarette?
1: Uh, well, I just assume it was a jazz cigarette. It was in the 70s.
0: Yeah, so it was pink and gold. And that's when you could smoke in bars. The cigarette itself was pink. Yes, it was beautiful. Now, was it like the
1: actual cigarette or like one of the things you put the cigarette holders?
0: It was an extra slim Uh cigarette. Yeah, and they were. Somebody had like a box of them, and this they were different colors. Mm -hmm. The one I picked out was pink, and that wrap around where the filter is. Mm was gold. Like shiny gold. Okay. And I remember thinking, oh, this is so sophisticated and took two puffs and went, oh my God, this is awful. Did you smell colors afterwards? It was just awful. I gave it to somebody else. I literally have never smoked my whole life. But this is crazy that periodically, and I'm going to say for no reason, I had an egg and toast today. I mean, like, what is like Flemmy about that?
1: The old egg and toast gravel thrill. Yeah. Tale I mean, this as is old is ridiculous, as time.
0: But I feel like it's good. I feel like I'm good right now. I feel like if, here's what I feel like we did, because sometimes this does work where you will just say, and before you haven't had the patience required, where you will just say, talk it out, talk it out, talk until. So I kind of feel like we're good now. Well, that works if you don't stop talking.
1: Because like if I yeah, go on a one-minute rant, for too long. then Deb's voice seizes up. And the second she comes out of it, I'm like, isn't that right, Deb? She's like, absolutely. Well, right.
0: Which, by the way, we did have a friend recently agree, meaning within the last 48 hours, uh, that you are attempting to take over the podcast that, like, Dear Debbie, you now have way too yeah. big
1: opinions. It should be Dear Debbie, dot, 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 and Kev.
0: Would you rather... I mean, whatever my would you rather is, you kill it with your would you rather. Tail is all this time. Okay, so and then now on the business segment, which is solely mine. Yeah, you will now jump on and kind of reiterate everything I said, as if I didn't say it coherently.
1: You remember when FedEx bought Kinkos?
0: Yeah, and then is it that became, what's happening?
1: It became FedEx Kinkos. Yeah, and now it's just FedEx. So pretty soon it's going to be the Kev Pod. There you go, <laughs> the Kevin Flemmy Pod. <laughs> the
0: Kev- <laughs> let me, every once in a while I can show up as a guest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna let you run wild with this one. Okay. Give a sty update. So I still have a sty in my eye. I don't know. I thought it was supposed to go away in a week, maybe two, but here's the best part. So I called my family doctor and said
1: Did you call the family doctor or did the doctor call you?
0: No, I called the family doctor. Got it. And I said, I have a sty in my eye. They trusted my diagnosis, and they called. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? You're a trained professional. I'm a. Thank you, Kevin. So they sent a prescription in, which is like this greasy ointment stuff I've been putting in my eye. You can't wear makeup. Here's the other thing I was told somewhere along the way that I had to throw out all my old makeup because it's like contaminated.
1: Were you told that, or did you Google that? I
0: don't. I don't know what I was told. She Googled. Okay, I don't know. So long story short, I threw away all my makeup. And I'd said to you, I think on one of the podcasts, I don't know, I'm going to go spend 50 or $75. Yeah.
1: I said, it feels like throwing away all of your eye makeup is very expensive to which you kind of poo-pooed it and said, $50 to $75, which, okay, money bags.
0: Yeah. Okay. Money bags, $211. Gross. And I want to say to all the women out there, that even included a couple of Maybelline products. So now get perspective on that. Why okay? is Maybelline not expensive? Maybelline is not expensive. Got it. All right. So- Then, Monday morning, bright and early, I get a text from my eye doctor that says, you have a sty. (laughs) why didn't you call me?
1: The power of the podcast.
0: And as it turned out, her mother had listened to the podcast, then texted her and said, Deb has a sty. I heard it on the podcast, did she reach out to you? Now people are checking on me, right? And so, then she said, first of all, you did not need to throw out all your makeup. So sad. There should be sad music playing right here.
1: I guess it's that idea of like, how long does the virus live on something? Because it could be a day. It could be a week. It could be two weeks. But if you told me after two weeks it's dead, I'm just going to keep all my makeup and air it out.
0: It's not a virus. It's just a bacterial infection. Okay. Okay. So it's not contagious. It's not like pink eye. And uh, No butterfly kisses. Look yeah, no butterfly kisses for sure. And then she said, So that medicine alone isn't gonna do anything. And so she told me to take rice take a clean sock, take rice, put it in the toe of the sock, tie the sock, and then microwave it to make like a heat, mm-hmm. you know? And she said, What you wanna do is roll it around on your eye, like move it around, because you're actually looking to break up that sty. Because she said sometimes it'll heal, but there'll still be like a little hard piece underneath there that she goes can take months to go away. So she actually gave me very specific, good advice that probably didn't relate even to medicine, right? Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't call her first. So the doctor, the the professional, the The one who went to school for
1: like nine years— their medical advice for a sty was to put food in a sock and rub it around your eye. Yep.
0: Well, and then microwave it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, microwave it. Oh, my fault. Yeah.
1: Put some radiation on it first <laughs> and then rub it around yeah. your eye. Not saying that she doesn't know what she's talking about. Clearly she does. But that's where I feel like that's something a 1920s housewife would have said to their child only to find out later that actually made it worse. And here we are 100 years later being like, Do you have rice? Yeah. Do you wear socks? Sure do. Do you have a microwave?
0: Of course. Combine all three. Combine all three. That helps styes. So here's the thing, it feels great. The sty does calm down, like Mm -hmm. meaning like not painful or itchy or anything. And uh, I get her thing about like moving it around a little bit would cause the sty, if there's something in there, to kind of break. How down. aggressive
1: are you moving it? Because the, 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 the male and me would just take that and start pounding my eye with it.
0: I'm not doing that, but she did say, in essence, it's a form of a pimple. Yeah. Yeah. It's a form of a pimple. It's like a, it's a, it's just like a little clogged gland in the, yeah. in the eyelid. And so you want it, you want it to break up. Do you Did know she I mean? say
1: you could squeeze it? No,
0: absolutely. She forbade that. But.
1: Did you squeeze it? No. Did you think about squeezing it?
0: Um, somebody in our house said that they squeezed one once. Yeah. And so after they said that, I went and looked in a 10 times mirror, which yeah. is horrible and you know, it's literally on the inside. Tempted to squeeze it? No, couldn't do it. Tempted. No. Did Didn't you even think try. about it? I did think about it and then looked at it, went, Nope, I can't do it.
1: Maybe the, a little tweezer action. This is from
0: the woman that put oregano in her eye. That's true. I mean, so I'm pretty brave when it comes to I mean, oregano oil in my eye. Right. No,
1: I mean we normally just put dried oregano in our eyes just for the <laughs> for shits fun. and giggles of it, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh do you think this was oregano related that ten years later it can come back in the form of a sty?
0: I think that oregano killed any kind of bacteria that was in my eye at the time.
1: So where are you at with your sty? I mean, we've started a GoFundMe for you. Yes. We have yes. a nonprofit Thank you. project. Thank you. We are we are we are um, actively reaching out to news outlets yeah. to you know, express so the, concern for the, the community cause. community knows. Yep. We're having marches. We're having rallies. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. We have an agenda to be able to have sty related illnesses be funded by the government. I love the that. Type of care. I love that. What else is happening with your eye?
0: Um, what we're doing now, we're having volunteers bring all their old but clean socks mm-hmm. and filling them. With rice yeah. and tying them they off. They just
1: chuck them at the house. So
0: that if anybody has a sty problem, yeah. they can just provide the much needed. And hair. what Deb
1: is doing is she's taking every rice microwaved sock and rubbing it on her own face to make sure that it's a, of the highest quality rice socks.
0: So I looked at my socks. Okay, oh, here it is. And I <laughs> Is that a Christmas sock? Yes, because I've never worn it. Yeah. So it's clean, clean. And I thought, what is the sock that I will be least likely to wear? Yeah. And it's this Christmas sock here, mm-hmm. right? And yeah.
1: So for those at home, it's, yeah. got a, it's got a red toe. Yeah. All the rice is in the red toe with the dark gray. She's yeah. tied it off in a thick knot. Yep. And it looks like, do you remember? Okay. Do you remember? You wouldn't have had this, but I would have had this in elementary school. It was a ball. It was just like a, like, think of like a tennis ball. Yeah. And it had a long tail, like a ribbon. Oh, you would throw it. Yeah. you would like kind of wind it up like a lasso and then
0: you just chuck it. Yeah. it's exactly what that thing looks like. Well, maybe it is. I will say this. The weird thing that happens when you microwave the rice, it almost feels... It's a little toasty and you can eat it later? No, it doesn't. It's the opposite, not toasty. It almost feels... Like a little bit of just very slight, and it's not like the sock gets wet or anything like that, but a little bit of moisture is emitted.
1: So treat your eye the same way you would a wet cell phone. Douse it in
0: rice. 100%. I should have probably just submerged my head up to my eye Mm -hmm. in rice, left myself there for like a day and a half. I can still breathe. Right. Do you think
1: we're done with the sty conversation or do you think we uh-huh. have a little more traction left on this thing?
0: I don't know. I have a trip coming up. Yeah. So if I go on the trip,
1: yeah. You know, do you feel like you should wear an eye patch on the plane so as to not infect your fellow co flights,
0: co, what is it? Co-flyers? Co flyers, co, co occupants, co passengers? There it is. Jeez, couldn't get there. Co- yeah, co passengers. No, I feel like an eye patch. In today's world, I don't think an iPad. Oh, patch. what happened to your eye? Did yeah. you lose
1: it? Uh, I didn't, but I came really <laughs> close to it because I had a sty on my eye, and I was about to the whole eye, the whole ocular cavity mm-hmm. was about to fall out. Mm-hmm. But then you mm-hmm. probably don't know about the doctor prescribed rice socks yeah, that help save exactly. lives.
0: She's gonna if she listens to this, yeah. she's gonna die.
1: Follow me on styguyforacause <laughs> oh, Scott, com.
0: love that sty- sty- guy for a cause. Somebody
1: who listens to this, get the get the URL, get the domain name sty guy for a cause.com.
0: So lessons learned.
1: And what's your lesson to learn <laughs> okay. here? Well,
0: they do tell you that
1: when it, you get your next eye over the course of the next 60 years, yeah. you know how to treat it.
0: They do tell you, they do tell women with eye makeup specifically, if it's like over three months old, get new stuff. I mean like cycle three through. months. That's what they say. Now I just think we're talking about like maybe in that case, eyeliner, mascara, you know, just the things that are right around, that. maybe eyeshadow, shadow, maybe a little, I don't know. But anyways, that's what they say, three months. Um, I would say, you know, like I use a clean washcloth every single night on my face. I change my pillowcases regularly. So I think I got a sty. I think it was an accident. Um, but the second thing, second thing, lesson learned. Yeah. Call your eye doctor first.
1: Don't call your family doctor. No, call your eye doctor. Call your eye doctor. If you have one. But here's the best thing. If you have a really successful podcast, they'll call you.
0: They'll call you. Yeah. Yay, we love it.
1: Just talk about all your medical emergencies for public consumption, and somebody will eventually reach out to you. I mean, probably not to you because you're not nearly as famous as Debrai, but when you get on our level, they call you.
0: Or if you just want, you can call us, and we can pretend like it's our ailment so that our doctors will call us. So we'll... Here's a great, here's a brand new Deb and Kev
1: podcast service. You direct message us, you text us, you call us. You let us know what your ailment is in detail. Yeah, We'll come on the podcast. And even though we don't look like we're suffering from shingles, we don't look like we're suffering from monkeypox. We'll say that we're suffering from those things. Our avid listener doctors will reach out to us with the cure-alls. And then for a small fee, we'll pass that on to you.
0: I'm not going to say I have monkeypox. That's privatized medicine. I'm not going to say I have monkeypox.
1: Why? You can say you have monkeypox. Why don't you want to say that? If somebody said. If somebody said, "Hey, for a thousand dollars, can you can you talk about the the side effects of what I'm experiencing, monkeypox, oh, so monkey that your doctor just reaches looks out?"
0: So bad.
1: You don't have it. You're know, just saying you have. it. I don't it.
0: want any bad karma on me because of it.
1: It's not bad karma because you're doing a service for somebody.
0: Okay, well then I can have monkeypox. I
1: You'll guess. talk about your monkeypox based on somebody else's mm-hmm. symptoms, and then when our Hyper specific monkeypox doctor calls us, we'll be able to relay yeah. the treatment. The monkeypox doc. For a small fee of, I don't know, $1,000 to $10,000.
0: I like that.
1: That's a, that's a cottage industry that's, right there. Let's do it. You just have to be a successful podcaster. Maybe
0: we just need to change this to a, really a medical podcast. I'll change this podcast to anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I don't care. At this point, I don't care. So, okay, we've fully addressed all of Deb's ailments yeah, now, which
0: is a, a, a sty. She's in my got eye. styes, she's got eczema. Yeah, the stre- these are stress she diseases. She can't talk. Yeah. I can't talk. Apparently, I've never smoked and I'm not yeah. a big drinker, but still.
1: Here we are. Here we are. Give us an update on dad, because then I want to tell some funny dad stories, too.
0: Okay, so as people, if they've been listening, they know yeah. hospice is involved, mm-hmm. and we love them. We love everything about them. They're fantastic human beings. They're fantastic human beings. Mostly because they don't believe that I'm 38. Mostly that. that The ladies love you. And um, I do think also... We did get, I'm going to say, the lotto in the ones that got assigned to us. Yeah. In fact, it couldn't be better. Couldn't be better for dad. I just
1: refuse to believe there's bad hospice nurses. We've seen four or five people who represent hospice, and each one has been nicer than the last. Yeah. So I I can't imagine that we just hit the lottery four or five different times.
0: They do some kind of hospice testing or something, right? I mean, like, how sincere, how genuine, how authentic and kind can you be? Could you imagine if
1: somebody who was just kind of like void of emotion showed up in your house during a time like this? Yeah. You'd, 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 send, them, you'd send them away within oh my 10 God. minutes. Listen, I am and so- And by you, I just mean Deb. Just I'm, Deb would do
0: it. I am it. so critical right now, looking yeah. for innocent victims all the time. Yep. And hospice, it never occurs to me to go after any of those people. No, not even close. You know, I want to buy them gifts and give them food. That'd be nice. So, uh, so we're in a place where it seems like, I would say pretty much once a week, we have- I'm not going to say a significant change, but a change where, you know, dad has some kind of symptom and we have to adjust, you know, medicine or something like that. Okay.
1: And Um, and to say it's a moving target is to downplay it. This thing, this thing end of life changes hour by hour. It feels like changes all the time. You guys tried to give me a debrief because you're, you're flying out this weekend and I'm in charge of dad's pills. God help us all. And I needed a degree in algorithmic chemistry pharmaceuticals to understand what we're doing.
0: Well, and luckily, I mean, dad had wanted to be in charge of his pills, as you well know. And somewhere along the line, I just said, me too. Like, let me help too. And thank God I did, because coming in at this point would have been insane. I do think, I just keep saying to everybody, just look at the blue sticky notes. Just look at the blue sticky notes. Like, that's all you have to do. And the blue sticky notes make clear everything. Although they are growing, the blue sticky uh, notes are growing. Yes. Okay. The
1: the best thing about the pharmacy that is the Zener household right now is, you can just open up any drawer in this house, and there's probably a prescription in there. Like, hey, do you need a cutting board? Great. Do you also need some Xanax? They're in the same drawer. Yeah. Do you need we're to grab, things in yeah. different places? Do you need to grab some chips and liquid morphine? Perfect. They're right up there. Yeah. Everything is squirreled everywhere.
0: Well, it's squirreled everywhere, mostly in places that daddy would never look.
1: But here's what I don't understand. He doesn't want to actually he be in charge of it. Yeah. So why are we hiding it from and him?
0: And he he literally, I want to say, is the most compliant guy yeah. in saying, hey, I'm experiencing some pain. Could I get something? Yeah. He really doesn't seem to be foraging on his own for anything. No. Do you agree? I mean, for like, sure not. He's really good about that.
1: He errs on the side of not taking something rather than Taking something.
0: yes, one hundred percent. So his big thing has been, of course, no pain if at all possible, and clarity. And clarity sometimes rings louder than no pain. In mm-hmm. in its clarity, like being able to be conversational. I'm going to say if he feels up to it, going out to lunch. All of that is a really big deal to him. Agreed. Um, we have added every week, kind of a new little cocktail of sorts. And we've managed to keep the clarity front and center and still keep the pain at bay. I would say um, like also once a week, I'd say we get four to five good days out of a week. And then we have a couple days that are a little crunchy towards the end of the week. But
1: it's usually because the bad day is on the heels of the good days. And as we've said on Monday, you can give the guy a horse's amount of morphine or fentanyl or whatever and he does the opposite of what you expect. It makes him more active.
0: So we are in a thing right now where it's like having, and I say belligerent, not because he is belligerent, maybe defiant is the better word, like a defiant two-year-old, a busy two-year-old. Yeah. That, and I don't mean is like, like mean, I just mean like, you are literally go, 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 trying go, go. to get them to not do stuff. Yep. And they're just, they go, okay. I mean, he's very amicable. Okay. Sits down for two seconds just to get up to do it again. Yep. Right? So that is happening. He's on a fentanyl patch, which I just got off the phone with the doctor. We're taking the fentanyl patch away. Oh, okay. Um, he's. On, Does that mean they're ours now? That means they are nice. five of them. We have five. Can't wait for, for the fentanyl podcast. Exactly. Um, we could cut hey, a, man. Yeah, this is a great podcast. Did could, you push record? What's record? We could cut them in quarters and just get a little bit high.
1: Suck on them. Yeah. Put them under our tongues.
0: So uh, we're going to hold off on those for a while. He's supposed to change it today. We're going to hold off on those. Okay. Um, he takes 30 milligrams of long-lasting morphine every eight hours. I think that might be a little bit much
1: it because sounds we're on a
0: loopy i mean
1: herculean to me
0: so last night and today we hit loopy which he's not happy about right and i'm not happy about
1: he he does well i mean listen he needs all of these drugs there's no question about that right but he can ingest an ungodly amount of these pills yeah. and function at a fairly high level for somebody who's going through what he's going through so for him to have tipped over to being too loopy or too tired Means it. Pro- I'm not even kidding you. Probably would have killed somebody else. Oh,
0: I would have been fetal in the bed yeah. for sure. Um, but he did get up twice last night, and he admitted today he didn't understand why he was up. Yeah, he he thought he was supposed to take some medicine. He wasn't supposed to. I mean, so there was some confusion setting in. And you know what's really really hard is is this the disease progression? or is it the meds? Do you know what I mean? And so I just got off the phone with the hospice doctor, was very nice. And uh, and he said, the truth is, I think it's a little bit of both. Do you know what I mean? I think it's disease progression. And I do think it's maybe we've gone too far on the meds. So we're going to cut a couple of things back to see if we can give him a little clarity and still stay in the controlling the pain window, because I think we're doing that pretty well. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, as you said, if he would just stay in bed, that would be a different scenario. It's not
1: that we want him to stay in bed. It's that when he's up and around and moving, he, he causes more chaos for himself. And he doesn't realize that like he gets tired so fast. I mean like 15, 20 steps tired, but he can't Sit still. So then when he gets up, he walks around. Now he's making himself more tired. Plus, I don't think we've mentioned this. Have we mentioned the swelling in his legs?
0: Well, so that's the thing. And they keep telling me that that's a byproduct of cancer. Yeah. Well, his legs beneath the knee are swelling so much that his pores are actually emitting some water. You would think
1: that somebody has a pump connected to his legs and is just pumping up a balloon. They're so, because everything else about him is thin and frail. And it's just like gravity said, all that moisture that you could use everywhere else, we're just sucking it into your lower extremities. And it it really looks like a balloon. His legs look like balloons that are about to burst.
0: Yeah. And he doesn't seem uncomfortable. I mean, meaning painful it. And it also weirdly because daddy does have an ego. It doesn't seem to be hitting him there either. You know, like, Oh, my legs
1: look terrible. He's always wanted to be a leg model. Well, and so that was tough to come to grips with.
0: That was. That was tough. So,
1: But now he can have a, a career as a before actor.
0: Well, here's the thing. I mean, I know that that kind of water retention at the point that it's coming out pores yeah. is not healthy, obviously. True. And so then- Does your Google medical degree let you know that? Says it's not healthy. Got it. And I said to the doctor today, I know you don't want me to pay attention to it, but there's part of me that wants to go, like, is he going to have cardiac arrest or some kind of respiratory failure because of this water that his heart has got to be trying to working hard to yeah. you know pump off? And he said, well, I mean, you know, fair concern, right? But then here's the other thing with hospice. I'm just telling people, like, I'm going to reveal it now. All the stuff pregnant women don't tell you, and then you get pregnant, you go, why the hell didn't generations of women tell me this? like hospice is ready for you to die of anything. Right. So if he were to have a heart attack, they would be like, yeah, that's a medical event. That's going to happen.
1: Well, I think that's, what's really interesting. And and I, we talked about this the other day. Cause I was like, so the leg thing, like, yeah. what do we do with that? And you said, well, what do we mean? What do you, what do we do with that? I said, well, you can't live like this forever, right? My brain goes to, you treat stuff. Medically, we treat stuff so people get better. And what I forget with hospice is, hospice wants to do that too. But hospice isn't like preventative. Hospice is how do we make your end of life better? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we then go back on Medicaid to treat your legs. That means we try to do- You mean regular insurance, not Medicaid. Regular insurance. What we try to do is maybe address- the swelling in the leg. But if we can't address that, then we bypass that and we still just try to focus on giving you the best quality of life with that as a reality. It's just this, and it's not bad. I don't mean this bad at anything. It's just this way of having to rewire your brain, which is we have ceased anything preventative. We have ceased trying to cure this thing. Instead, what we're trying to do is make the patient as comfortable as possible With their end of life. But what we don't get to go back and do is go see specialists. We don't get to go have one-offs. We we don't do doctor visits. Your quote-unquote doctor visit is the hospice nurses coming, assessing the situation, doing the best with what they can do, but acknowledging, hey, we've signed up for this journey. And whether it's cancer that kills him or hypertension or cardiac arrest or whatever, we've all signed off on it. When yeah. we've all agreed to that. And I think that's what's tough for you too is because you're looking at these legs being like, we all can agree this isn't healthy. We all know this isn't good. So we're just going to look past it though.
0: Yeah, it's it's so weird because I wouldn't do that with you today. You wouldn't do I it with anybody. wouldn't do it with me today. And um, so we have had several conversations with the hospice team about, well, if you should die of this... Which isn't technically dying of cancer. I right. mean, of course, it's all cancer, cancer related. related. Yeah. Um, but if you were to have a perforated colon, if you were to have a heart attack or respiratory failure, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, and mostly what we come up with is like it's an okay way to go. Totally. I mean, that's mostly what we come up with, you know. And so um, those are not prepared for those when they happened initially, no. you know, getting those conversations. Yeah. Right. I mean, they were shocking. Um, I mean, it was awful to watch dad hear them. And then, you know, we talked with him about them, but I think we're getting better and better. Things are less shocking yeah. as we go. And then, you know, hospice does a, a good job of trying to encourage you to have, I'm going to say emotional conversations that the person might need. And that's what I wanted to get to, which is, I'm telling you the the hat. Hospice
1: workers wear is is multifold, meaning yes, they're nurses. Yes, they can prescribe all the necessary drugs. But I feel like they're equal parts, nurses, friends, and therapists. yeah, because sure. their job, both through science and I think spirituality, is to usher you mentally to the best place before you leave this existence. And so a lot of the conversations, of course, initially are, how are you feeling? What is your pain threshold? What are some of the issues? How can we treat that with medication? And then it's immediately followed up with, how are you doing mentally? How are you doing spiritually? You know, this is the good time to have conversations when you're clear eyed, you know, and and your brain's not full of fog, things that you need to say to your family, intimate conversations. And this leads me to So my girlfriend was in town this last week, and we all had a wonderful time together. It was great. So much fun. She's a fantastic chef. Deb loves her for no other reason that Deb didn't have to cook like three meals.
0: Well, here's what I love. Okay. Number one, we have said in the past, I don't know if we've elaborated on the podcast very much, but we are not, we're we're like these, these people like this is what, so everybody beware. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, come and stay with us. Yeah. And the second you arrive at the door, we don't really want you.
1: I don't know that that's true.
0: I think we're kind of that way. Well, when you say
1: we, I think you're replacing that uh, W with an M.
0: Okay, so no, no, no.
1: Deb... Deb might think like that. I'm totally fine. Think back to some of our family members who have visited. Oh, no, that's different. (laughs) If I invite you to the house, I really want you
0: here. Oh, okay.
1: If dad's invited you to the house, there's no chance in hell I've wanted you here. So
0: then they arrive, and we go, oh, my God, how long are they going to stay? Okay, that's Kevin and I, right? Sure. Oh, dear Jesus, please. You know. So what I love, and, and everybody knows this kind of house guest, where the second arrive, they don't feel like a guest. They just... Whatever the vibe of your house is, they just find it, they sink into it, and they're they on, they just don't feel like a house guest, yeah. right? And she has that one hundred percent. She's able to do that.
1: People who can is, adapt.
0: But wait, which in our house right now is a big deal. Sure. Because our house, I mean, most people would come to our house, and if we said, "Do you want to stay?" Would go. Ooh, I think I'll pass.
1: And do you want to sleep in the same bed as Kevin? God, no, no, that freak.
0: The answer should. I mean, she should have said, yeah. "Can I come to your king size bed?" The that whirling the dervish, top
1: human being who exactly. sleeps like a exact twister in the Midwest. Oh my God, no. the answer is no, right? Okay. And we already we already said before she came that she had to under no uncertain uncertain circumstances have conversations with Dad about his poop. Yeah. And she that said, was sure. And she said, I'll do it. So yeah.
0: she was an amazing house guest and she did cook, mm-hmm. which, and great meals and meals that I wouldn't have necessarily cooked. That's so so it was delightful. Yep. You know, really was, you know, I always say people can bring me tuna casserole, but she brought me really good food. And, um, I mean, she was a delight and, um, daddy's kind of in love with her. For sure. Without
1: question. Yeah. Weirdly so. <laughs> So, so my girlfriend and I have been dating for like 3 weeks. 3 and, weeks? Yeah. Dating, officially. Oh, oh, okay. We've known each other for longer, but like yeah. dating for 3 weeks. So, we've taken forever to date. And so this will all make sense. So, one of the conversations that hospice has with that is like, you know, what are the things that are important to you? What are the things that you want to be able to see? Now, I cannot emphasize this enough. Remember when the social worker for those who listen to the podcast frequently. Remember when the social worker Came to visit the house and the social worker asked dad, What makes you happy? And we <laughs> said the only answer for forever and a day was golf. That's yeah, it. There's only one answer. And without pause, dad goes, Smiles, yeah, right?
0: Which is a bad answer for anybody.
1: The creepiest answer for anybody. <laughs> there's a new there's a new horror movie coming out called smile Smile. oh is it true yeah yeah and that's what i think of now yeah
0: i can only see like weird little chucky or some clown
1: that's what this movie is yeah okay yeah dad apparently wrote this movie yeah so that was weird since i was a little boy dad has never cared about marriage my partnership me going off and He's raising a family. He's never said
0: to you, I hope you get married never. by the time. He's never said, I look forward to being a grandpa. Never. Like I would have said that dad would have said, I mean, we, he can have grandchildren. He can get married as long as I can still golf. In yeah. fact, let's golf the day yeah. before the wedding. I'll set up the tournament.
1: Everything that's ever been mentioned was either prompted by you. Yep. Yeah. Or was a, I don't mind dot, dot, dot. If it doesn't interfere with golf. Yeah. Or people smiling. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think one of the conversations that the hospice nurses and he had that week was, you know, this is the time to have these conversations. Like, what do you need from your family? What do you want to be able to see? You know, time is fleeting. Time is not infinite. You know, what are some things that are really important to you that you get to experience or see or understand before you pass away? So my girlfriend and I were out. We had just come back in. You and dad are in the kitchen having a conversation. And uh, she went upstairs and I'm just in the kitchen talking with you and you try to prompt him and say, hey, you just told me something. I think it would be important for you to tell Kevin, you know, what's the number one thing you want before you leave this earth, right? Before you pass away, before you die.
0: Now he had just articulated that to me very clearly.
1: Like 10 minutes before.
0: 10 minutes before. Did he not act almost a little bit confused? What?
1: he came up with was a word jumble of adjectives (laughs) and nouns that to the most attuned scribe of Gary's zenerisms could not make sense of it.
0: Now the one I had
1: to ask him to, I was like, okay, I need you to be more direct because I i mean like pop. I just don't know what you're
0: saying. So now here's the thing in real life. Very articulate, good vocabulary is, is, Prone to pregnant pregnant pauses. pauses.
1: He never met a pregnant pause that that he didn't didn't want to shake hands with. Okay, so add that into somebody who's who's clearly sick, who is on a lot of drugs, and who is still struggling with this level of emotional intimacy being
0: expressed. Right, and I do want to say this, people: if you're picturing us at Gary, the foot of Gary's bed, talking to him, no. We are never there. Nope. That never happens. This is like at the bar in the kitchen. Yeah. Or, I mean, Gary is with us in the house if everywhere. If he wants to talk, he'll come out and yeah. talk. Yeah. So after like
1: the second go around where I don't have any idea what he's talking about.
0: And I'm trying hard to let this be
1: his. I look at you and I say, can you interpret that for me, please? And so you look at him and you're like, is that okay? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's just so over his skis and yeah. trying to say what he just said to you apparently. At this point, my girlfriend has come downstairs in the midst of him trying to express it. You and I see her. He doesn't see her.
0: Did you see what I did?
1: You point at her and you just kind of tell her to go back upstairs because you're 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 looking out for him. You don't want him to be self-conscious. I'm also looking at, out for her. And she looks at both of us like, Am I getting kicked out of here? Right? So she goes back upstairs, total trooper with the whole thing. And essentially what you relay for dad is that dad would love to bear witness to my girlfriend and I's marriage.
0: Well, so now that is not what he told me. That's what he did say. Right. That's what he said 10 minutes later. What he told me. Now, mind you. Three weeks. And he was we've very been dating for three weeks articulate when he said it to me. He said, I really like her. And he made a comparison of many other girls and yeah. said, like she just this feels right. They feel good together. Like what? And he was really complimentary about you yeah. and about her. I mean, collectively and separately. And it seemed very well thought out. And basically what his thing at that point was like he would like affirmation that she, this girl is really being considered as a future, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. which I think is a reasonable request. There's no promise on that. Sure. You know, like like that you would sit down and go, Dad, she and I, like this is headed in the right direction. Right. Whatever that means, right? Yeah. And it gets to mean whatever it wants to, to you. But if you want to picture this in your mind's eye, I'm totally cool with it. And we're both in the truth.
1: Yeah. Right? Now, remember... He had taken me out to breakfast. He had given me these hyper-personal gifts and his wedding wedding ring and the watch he got married wearing. And I said, hey, my girlfriend will be coming out in about a month. I think it would be great if you could view her through the lens of somebody who will be a part of our family for forever. That was the brief that I gave him, like really experience these moments Cherish these moments because this is a person who could be around for a while.
0: So now we go from there to, I think I have to plan a wedding in the backyard, like within the next 24 hours because because her flight's taking off.
1: The next day he looks at you like she's got her luggage downstairs. We're making breakfast. And he's saying to you in the back room, I'm a little disappointed. And you're like, what are you disappointed in? You're like, well, I thought there was going to be something. And you're like, what? And he goes, I don't know, like a proposal. Three weeks.
0: Like a big announcement. Yeah. A big announcement. Yeah. And
1: and this is credit to my girlfriend. This is why she's amazing. I told her all of this because you have yeah. to. And she goes, that's so sweet.
0: Yeah, that's so sweet. That's so you sweet know? that he thinks and that. And so then at and she, one in, point. In
1: between laughter and I'm sure sheer horror.
0: Well, because then, he, then here's the other part. Like, I will tell you, like, is crazy living in our house right now? Of course. And are we. The fourth member. And are we susceptible to mm-hmm. it? We are. I mean, we can get sucked into it. Kevin and I look at each other and go, like, I mean, do we do a fake wedding? I mean, can we even ask that of her? Like a little, just small, just us, not real, fake minister. And then I immediately went, like, as soon as out of my mouth, like, we cannot ask that of her. That is. It's a lot.
1: Horrible. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's a lot. Like, we are horrible human beings. You guys did a fake wedding, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you guys going strong? Oh, no. We broke up like 10 days after. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Immediately. No, I mean, like, oh. So she was a terribly good sport about all of it. Yeah. Didn't literally put herself in the middle of it at all. Just no. was like kind of whatever Gary needs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Was what? but um, And then his other thing, which, by the way, was the second thing. Let's just keep this in perspective for me. Uh, oh, yeah. This is, this is how, uh, this is how I, I question everything
1: about what's been said. So marriage to my three-week-old relationship is number one. <laughs> And then making sure Deb is financially solvent is number two. Well,
0: I don't even know if it was financially. It's moved around. What I thought it was initially in the clarity conversation, the one was that he, and this is misguided, but sweet, that he is having, because dad in the beginning, we've talked about this before, doesn't, I mean, he's never liked it when I cried. Like when we were younger, he saw it as a form of extreme manipulation. I could be sobbing over something. Nope. I'm manipulating. I don't like it. And so, and then, like when at the beginning of cancer, I think it made him feel like there was grief on that, so he couldn't do it. He now has made this announcement that it's fine when I cry because he understands, like you know what it's that it's grief, yeah, you know. Of course, um, and he seems to move to a more healthy place. But he said uh, he was very concerned about the burden. He used the word burden, and is this a burden? Yes, but a gladsome. I mean, we, we wouldn't want anybody else taking care of him or going, walking this route with him. Sure. You know, it is ours. Yeah. You know, he is ours. You sign up for this when you become family. Exactly. And so, you know, trying to tell him it's not a burden, and then him him somehow taking responsibility for the level of grief that he anticipates that I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at him as he was saying it, like, Gare, like, it's inevitable, And I actually broke it down for him and told him exactly how I think it's going to play out. And I don't mean my every single emotion, but I think what I said, and actually I talked to the hospice people about it, totally, they said, perfect description and probably 100% within the realm of normal. And will there be some caveats other than that? Sure. But anyways, then it went from the burden of grief Mm -hmm. to... A list of things that need to be done around the house. Yeah. I mean, so... If I could make sure that the
1: baseboards are painted before I die, that would exactly. be Exactly.
0: I mean, it is random, crazy things like that. Like, he went out the other day with a walker, mm-hmm. and he's not using a walker, but he used... It's a fancy walker. He used it as like a sitting stool, yep. scoot around, and trimmed half of our hydrangea bush. Got to. Only half. Got okay, to do it. Just, well, here's what eye. you don't
1: know about hydrangeas. They perform best when half-trimmed.
0: Okay. He has power washed the deck Oh yeah, the same thing. I mean, like the little weird things he's doing that he's managing are crazy. But, I mean, I'll be dead before all those things could be done. Of There's no chance. Right. And so wh- one of the things I've said to him If anything, is, what
1: he's saying is, I don't trust Deb to take care of this house. So on my last legs, I will do— as much as I can, because she's incapable. Yeah.
0: And then it became like a financial thing. Yeah. And that's not a thing. I mean, like, it just is like, you know, and what, um, what the hospice gal said to him yesterday was, and you know, they go straight for it. They don't like oh, mess there, around. Oh, there's no heirs. Yeah. She said, I think you're feeling guilty about dying. Yep. And I'm just telling you, you need to work on that and let it go. Like, Because there's nothing you can do about it. And she said, one of the things we say in the hospice world, it's a no guilt zone. Totally. You know, you've got to let go of it. And this
1: is the conversation that you and I had last night, which is, it is not hard for me to wrap my head around the idea that dad, quote unquote, wants these things. But I do believe that dad thinks these are the things he's supposed to say. Yeah. Because for the better part of his life, they were never mentioned let alone desired yeah and i do believe there's an element of guilt there i do think because he is so prideful that him being the first member of this family to leave he thinks he is somehow doing us an injustice by doing it which i would you could say to him a thousand times he'd never really appreciate for the last two and a half years you have been needed to be supported by Deb and I, right? Right, so, right? So we are fully comfortable with this quote-unquote burden you're leaving us with, even though there's no burden in which to speak of. And I also think from a relationship standpoint, this is no discredit to my girlfriend. Had anybody walked through that front door, he would have put that spotlight on them saying, I really want you to be with this person because it does two things. It allows him to feel good, that like, he's leaving knowing who my... Future wife could be the mother of my kids, right? He knows that person. I can't believe those words
0: just came out of your mouth. That's but what he's ahead. saying. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah.
1: And second off, he, I think it would give him, he thinks it would give me peace of mind knowing that my future wife
0: would have known him right. before he passed right. away, right? And, and, and he is giving you, in essence, a future seal of approval. Sure. It just so happens- If it's this girl. <laughs> yeah. It just so
1: happens that he genuinely likes her because he's known right. her- before I even knew right, her. Right, right. So he, does,
0: he does sincerely like her. Totally. So yeah. the
1: overlap is fantastic. But it's, it's just really interesting watching this maturation of a guy who all of these things could not have been less important to him. Yeah. Sit, try to. Try to say them out loud to the best of his ability and have you for support uh, along the way. It's, it's nothing if not weird. It's just weird.
0: It's wild, the stuff that comes out of his mouth. I mean, like, he grabbed me the other day, and he held my hand, and then he kissed it. And he said, you're such a good girl. (laughs) I said, which is like... Me or the dogs? Yeah, I like... You know, I mean, but he's just, he's not demonstrative. No. you know what I mean? So on one hand, I give him all the credit in the world um, for being able to find this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you think it's mostly the drugs. Well, you know? I, here's what I
1: think it is. Do, do I believe that he would have come to this by his own uh, beliefs? No. But I do think with you and with the prodding of the hospice nurses and with where he's currently at in life and then with my girlfriend visiting, I think it's a culmination of all of that. Yeah. I do not believe, left to his own devices, Gary Zena would have come up with these original thoughts. But I do think one, one stoked by outside entities, he is able to at least cobble together versions of He's that. He's been
0: receptive. Yeah. He's been open and receptive totally. to it. So I will say, I mean, I know that people, if people only listen to this podcast and don't know us otherwise, mm-hmm. it sounds like we think everything is hysterical. And that it's we- It's pretty funny uh and that we are like the least compassionate people on the planet but i will okay? say this
1: the reason we we can find humor in it is because he allows the humor to be had we were w- one he would night,
0: sit and listen to this whole conversation totally. and not and really not correct
1: us. here's how we know we're not bad people we make fun of him to his face okay for sure yeah we were out having dinner on the back patio beautiful evening my girlfriend had cooked uh they were supposed to be shrimp tacos. I actually bought langoustine from Trader Joe's. So having these beautiful langoustine tacos. Dad is trying to cobble together a sentence Yeah, about how girls grow into women. <laughs> and I look at you and you look at me. And my girlfriend looks at both of us. Now, his eyes are closed at this point. He,
0: he, he literally drifted off in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the sentence.
1: And you and I start laughing to which she well, starts. I think
0: I just rolled my eyes at you like, oh, dear yeah. God.
1: Do you know what I mean? And, and she starts laughing hysterically at us because we're clearly throwing shade at the guy who just said girls turn into women. Yeah. And the pause is so long that I go, yes, girls do, in fact, turn into women. To which then he starts chuckling. He's like, I forgot my point. I was like, yeah, we know. No, we get it. We get it very much.
0: Yeah. So there is. I mean, like I can't imagine a household where it was where it's only sad because It'd be too much. It, it's it's a lot, and I mean, like you and I both still work. Yeah. We still have other relationships that we want to bring joy to, huh? but I mean, I will say I made this comment to somebody yesterday because somebody called me, and I was in the middle of just sobbing my heart out and. Yeah. Didn't answer the call. And within... This is (laughs) Deb. And then I think within five or six minutes, got myself together. Yeah, you can get it together pretty quick. And then, you know, made the call. And and this was somebody that I felt comfortable saying, sorry, was sobbing my heart out much better now. And she was like, I mean, do you need to go? And I'm like, no. I'm good. So here's the one thing I've learned. I wouldn't say that I'm a huge crier, but I will say like in the past, before this, when I've cried, I'm kind of like, oh, no like it's hard for me to turn off yeah. because I just cry. I will cry for Ukraine. Yeah. I cry for the starving people. Mm-hmm. I cry for everybody in the world. That takes a minute, right? Yeah. A hot minute to get I all mean, that it's, out.
1: It's tough to cycle through every face in the world to give them the proper amount of tears.
0: Exactly. And so I don't ever want to start crying uh-huh. because I don't have the ability to turn it off. I have become kind of a master at like choking back a sob, mm-hmm. letting a couple tears come. I mean, genuinely feeling it being able to take a couple deep breaths and go right back to what the thing is. Yeah. So this is my dream. I mean, like to be able to do that and not have to cycle through the whole world, yeah. just the subject That's at nice. hand. Um, there are plenty of times, I probably cry, I'm not lying to you, several times a day. Yeah, and I would say that
1: you're around the, the two to four times, but just, they're light. They're not like, yeah. they're not sob sessions. They're not 10 minutes. They're anywhere between like, I don't know, a minute to... Two and a half minutes. Yeah,
0: I mean it's pretty fast. Yeah, they're quick. Um, and there's just some there. There are words that are hard to say out loud. Yeah, you know, and like
1: disestablished humanitarianism. like
0: that. I mean, I said in fact with hospice I was here yesterday. Yesterday, I said, uh, I said, and I told Daddy this later. In fact, we both laughed about it because they say. End of life so much, yep. and they say disease progression so much. I mean, we've pretty much numb to that. I mean, but sure. I just didn't want to say disease progression one more time, so I said pain progression, and they all looked at me and were like, "Okay." Yeah, and he and we were talked about me saying pain progression as kind of an act of kindness towards him, mm-hmm. so he didn't have to hear. Disease, disease progression, yeah. you know. One more time, and we both laughed about it because he knew exactly what I meant, you know. Yep. Um, but I do think that, um, I mean, I talked today to the hospice doctor and to the nurse practitioner, and they both like were very kind about complimenting our family and saying like it it's the right, you know. I mean, the the actually the nurse practitioner said, I know you're kind of a fixer for living and this has got to be one of the most frustrating. Is that a things. compliment to you? Yes. And like Carrie Washington style fixer. Yeah. Nice. And that this is kind of a really frustrating situation for you because you can't fix can't it. Can't go bribe anybody. Yeah. Can't go bribe anybody. Can't can't elicit a future promise nope. and call on it later. Yeah, you no know, horse trading. None of that stuff works in this circumstance. And that it is I mean you really are and you are a little less emotional, but I mean, you well up. I mean, you have your moments, do you know what I mean? And so-
1: And it's usually weird stuff. It's usually the this, this stuff that you do. But this is what I've said all along. I, I can account for what I can account for. It's the stuff that I literally wouldn't even think of that yeah. can get me every single yeah. time. And that'll be consistent as long as he's here. And that'll be even more prevalent once he's gone. The stuff that'll hit me that I have no anticipation of yeah. hitting me. But I will say this to kind of wrap up this conversation with dad. It, I believe it's as good as it can possibly be right now. We are going through everything that we signed up for. We are doing our best to actively stay in front of stuff. He is being a good patient, and he is providing endless content for this podcast.
0: And we thank him for all of it. He is being a really good patient, and he is providing endless content. Yep. And we'll we'll actually say to him, we're saying that on the podcast. Yep. So he knows. And he says, you're welcome. And he signed a waiver a long time ago. long I mean, time ago. On. I think that was yeah. part
1: of the marriage certificate. Yeah. Last thing before we end this podcast, I have been to five yoga classes now since mm-hmm. I started at the beginning of the month.
0: So give us give us a number. Let's just do one through five on flexibility prior to your first yoga class and flexibility now after having taken five.
1: The exact same. Oh really? For sure. I, I I don't think anybody would tell you five okay. classes over the course of two and a half weeks is okay. going to do anything. Okay. But do I feel like I could be making progress? For sure. Oh good. But I feel. Good. But it's also like I think it's no different than working out. It's no different than trying something new. You don't realize you've gotten better until you've actually gotten better. Yeah. Yeah. And that usually takes time.
0: So you're on the road to getting better. Sure. Well, I I, I'm say- on the
1: bike. I've had five classes at yoga. Yeah, five. I've had five different instructors. How many instructors exist in a yoga studio in Reno, Nevada? I am five for five on different instructors.
0: Well, the last time we talked, you'd gone to three and each of them kind of upped the other one.
1: The, the fourth and fifth did not up anything. The fourth Aww. one, who I think was actually the owner, very annoying. Oh, really? Incessant conversation Mm. while we're working out. Super positive. Yeah. Super nice. But you know those people who are really nice, but you're like, oh, you're one bad moment away from ripping somebody's head off? Yeah. That's what she was like.
0: Oh, yeah. Already
1: bored with her job. I don't think she was bored with it, but it's just like, I'm going to be so nice that other people can't pick up on the fact that I'm easily angered oh so maybe she was like sub subbing in for somebody something like that i just think that's her general demeanor that's oh, what i'm okay. picking up the the one yesterday super nice super kind made sure to get to know me very nice i just think i can't believe in a in a yoga studio in reno nevada that i can have gone to five classes yeah, and had that's a lot five different instructors I just wanted to say that. I just think it's bizarre. Do I think they're laundering money? No. Do I think it's a front for the mob? No. Do I think they're all really good teachers and they and they all have their specific and unique skill set? Totally. I just find it bizarre that I've gone to the exact same class every single time, and I've had five completely different instructors every single time.
0: I'm going to vote for instructor number three, because she was the one that went all out with she the sang. essential oils. She was the youngest one, too. She's saying, Didn't she do the thing in your palm?
1: She put oils in my palm. She misted me with it. She sang and she did the Tibetan sound bowls. Oh, sound yeah. Bath. yeah. Oh,
0: she's, she's the winner. Yeah. Oh, I hands mean,
1: down. Do you remember her name? Nope. I don't know any of these people's names.
0: Oh, my gosh. You've got to figure it out. The
1: other problem is I can't even sign up online to sign in for the classes. So I just show up and everybody looks at me like, Are you supposed to be here? I'm like, Yeah, I paid for it. You can find my account. I'm not just willy nilly trying to steal classes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I, I'm real and I appreciate you.
1: I'm real. I appreciate you. Yeah. And I do have a tier system of ranking all of these instructors.
0: Well, for sure. I think the Tibetan Sound Bowl, the, I mean, like the, the, uh, I would say the last, the, palm, the, last the last two did two not miss me.
1: The last two did not miss me. Did not do anything? No.
0: You know, we need to put that on a Yelp review for them.
1: Lack of misting well, really ruins my Shavasana.
0: You can't,
1: I can't do a corpse me pose
0: and then not miss me. Yeah. Miss That's, me with that
1: mist. Yeah, never miss me. Don't miss me with that misting. Yeah, never missed me. Yeah, kiss me with that mist. Exactly. Mm. Kissed me.
0: Mm.
1: Kiss me with that mist me.
0: Mm-mm-mm.
1: All day. Okay. So, hey, if I go seven for seven with different instructors, you better believe I'm going to talk about it.
0: So how many edits do we have, Kev? Well, my you, voice? we
1: have no edits, okay, which I so love. there
0: we go. Yay, Deb.
1: Did we take a 45-minute <laughs> break so that Deb could talk to hospice? We did.
0: Yeah, so apparently... If I just go talk to hospice for 45 minutes in the middle of the podcast. Voice
1: clears right voice up. Voice
0: clears right up and I'm yeah. good. So yeah, you're welcome.
1: Please don't ever answer phone calls in the middle of this podcast. I warned again. you ahead of time that that's the call. That's the
0: truth, take. Ruth. And now that
1: we're talking about hospice and Ruth, that's going to do it for this Thursday episode of the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And you can follow us on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev Pod. And if you want to donate to STY Awareness, go to <laughs> STYGuy, whatever that URL is, .com, and please give lots of money. Lots and lots. Or socks and rice. Well, or socks and rice on our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Okay? Would you have to throw them? Yeah. From a moving car. Exactly. And then Deb tries out every single one.
0: I do. And the best ones will get donated to future sty yeah. holders. And
1: definitely don't fart in those socks to give Dev Pink Guy. not do that. We can't do, don't that. Don't do that. No cross-contamination. Mom, I love you to death. I love you, baby. We'll see you guys on Monday.
0: Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Dev and Kev Pod.